Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. It says in Romans 1 and verse 6 that we are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Now, we're talking about the call of God on our lives this week, Colin. Yes, and we've seen that it's God who takes the initiative. We are responding to the call. We've seen that God always calls us with a purpose, that he has a purpose for our lives. He doesn't call us just to go to heaven. He calls us so that we can fulfill his purpose on earth and then enjoy all the glory of heaven. Uh, We've seen that often the call comes to those who are in traumatic, desperate situations. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, But we've seen that he also calls people who are not in any kind of desperate need, but simply because he has that plan and purpose for his life, and that he calls all of us to be disciples who follow Jesus. Therefore, Jesus is supreme in our lives. He is our Lord. He is first. And if we make him first, then everybody's going to benefit. Our families will benefit. Our relationships will benefit. Our businesses will benefit. Our work life, wherever, will benefit because Jesus has his rightful place. And now we come to something that Paul says in the opening chapter of Romans. He has begun this epistle by saying, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. And I said on Monday that uh, Christians can have a specific call, like Paul was called to be an apostle, but what we're focusing on this week is the general call that is true for all Christians. So even though he was an apostle, God also had this general call upon Paul's life. And in writing to all the Christians in Rome, he is saying to them, and you also are among those who are called to belong to Christ Jesus. Uh, He's saying, you see, just like me, you too are called to belong. Just like the Christians that God is raising up in other places, so too in Rome, you are called to belong to Christ Jesus. Now, if we're going to be disciples who follow Christ, one of the first things we have to come to terms with, and this is actually something that people should be confronted with when they first come to the Lord, you no longer belong to yourself. You cannot belong to yourself and to Christ. You cannot belong to yourself and to God. There can't even be joint ownership of your life. You can't say, well, my life belongs to God and myself. You see, the non-believer will say, my life is my own to do what I like with. Nobody's going to tell me what to do with my life. Um, Not only is that selfish, it's also foolish because it's a denial of the truth because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and everyone in it. What a person does when he turns to Christ is to acknowledge that he belongs to Christ. That actually what happened on the cross was Jesus paid the price with his blood 
to what is called redeem. Uh, he redeemed them. He, uh, you know, when you go to a pawnbroker's, you you leave some property, but you want to redeem it. You want to go back, pay the price for it to get your possession back. Well, it's just like that, that God created us as his own, but sin robbed God of being able to do with our lives what he desired. So Jesus comes and pays the price with his blood to redeem us, to purchase us back to God. It says in the book of Revelation that Jesus purchased men for God. And so he paid the price with his blood that we might be redeemed, that we might now acknowledge we belong to God. So Paul says elsewhere, you are not your own, you were bought with a price. The price being, of course, the blood of Jesus. You were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. The problem for most Christians, Julia, is that they do not recognize this truth. They do not truly believe that they belong to the Lord and not to themselves. So although they want all the benefits of salvation, although they want all the benefits of belonging to God's kingdom, they want all the blessings. They want healing and they want joy and, and so on. They want provision but they don't necessarily want God to do with their lives what he chooses. What happens then when people only allow God into, say, 50% of their lives? Well, they, they miss 50% of the blessing of what God would want to do with them. In fact, they probably miss a lot more than that because it's only as you yield yourself fully to God that you actually can enter into the fullness of the life that he really has for you. You know, Jesus said, um, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that men may have life and have it in all its fullness. And you can only look, I mean, you only have to look at the life of many Christians to see, well, they're not living in the fullness of what Jesus came to give. Uh, why is that? Well, Jesus said, the measure you give is the measure you get back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, he wasn't talking about money when he was saying that. Uh, a lot of people apply that scripture to money, and I mean, that's perfectly justifiable. But he was talking about every aspect of our lives. Um, you know, the, the same thing Paul was, was preaching to the, um, to the Corinthians. If you sow a little, you reap a little. If you sow much, you reap much. The measure you give is the measure you get back. You see, it's, it's a spiritual principle. It's a kingdom principle. So if you simply relate to God so that you can have your needs met, then you're going to miss the joy of, being a, of what it means to be a Christian. You're going to miss the joy, the satisfaction, the fulfillment of what it means to be used by God, to know that you have touched the lives of other people with the life of God, you, you will miss that great and wonderful privilege of knowing that the life and the love and the power of God has flown through you. Uh, let me just give you an example. I mean, the Scripture says believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But how many believers are there in this nation alone that have never laid hands on the sick? Why? They, they probably don't believe that if they did, the people would be healed. 
But you see, that lack of faith, that lack of response to God's word, means that they will never see the joy of God using them to bring healing and to do miracles in the lives of other people. So if we if we deny ourselves... We're the losers. We're the losers. I mean, what we want to do is to deny ourselves in the right way, and that is to deny what I want in order to do what God wants. And when he was talking about discipleship, Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself. Not deny himself of the blessings, but deny himself of what he wants to do with his flesh, really, you know, with that self-life, because the flesh is the self-life. Deny what you want to do with your life in order that God can use you in the way that he wants, because that's what's going to give you true joy. That's what's going to give you fulfillment. And that is what is going to give God the glory in your life, because you will bear fruit. You will. That means you will be successful in accomplishing the very reason for which God called and chose you. And in your experience, Colin, what are the things that prevent people from giving themselves 100% to God and allowing him to own them in, in the sense you've been described? Is it wealth? Is it No, it's the flesh. It's the self-life. It's the flesh. It's that much more difficult for wealthy people. Jesus makes that very, very clear. But no, no, I mean, it's true of people, no matter what their, their financial situation uh, it's sheer, what the world would call bloody-mindedness. Arrogance. Well, it's more than just arrogance. It's independence. It's a determination to get our own way. Really. And, and I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sort of swearing in, in, in what I'm saying now. I'm saying that that is the actual attitude. It is... The attitude, no matter what happens, I want my way. And so they will use God even to try to get their own way. And the way in which they pray and what they're asking God to do will be so that they can have their own way. And this means that there has never been the true repentance in their lives. There's never been that that yielding of themselves to God. There's never been that true heart recognition, I am not my own. I, I actually have been called to belong to Christ. I am his property, and he has the right to do with me what he desires. So, for example, just to be personal, when I had to respond to the Lord's call on my life, it meant that I had to abandon all my own plans and ambitions for what I would like to have done with my life. And as I look back, I am so thankful that God gave me the grace to make that decision because my plans could never have brought me the fulfillment, the joy, the, the wonder of what I have seen and come to know of God and of how he can use anybody, really, not because they're some great sheikhs, but in their weakness. And this is, the, this is the principle, you see, that even in our weakness, God's power is made perfect. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 